0: Hey guys, welcome to today's the day with Zach Anderson. This episode is brought to you by Alchemy Sales Coaching. I hope you guys enjoy. So I'm stoked you made it all the way down. We'll dive we'll dive in. I have a, honestly a ton of stuff that I want to go over with you. Just lately on your Instagram, you've been popping off with just absolute facts. I think a lot of what you go over and a lot of what I see you go and like show and teach and mentor people with is stuff that coming up in the industry i've seen I and mean, i think a lot of it's probably from your time at Vivent because we had a lot of the same mentors right mm-hmm. rolling into everything though like something i've watched you do that's the most fascinating thing is ever since i met you and saw what you were doing as the creative director or whatever your title was at the time at Vivent, i was like dang if i ever did something like that's a guy one of my team like if i ever went and started something that's a guy one of my team your organizational skills the way you go and run a team it's absolutely phenomenal. But my question for you to answer about yourself, because I know what my answer would be, where do you feel like you bring the most value to all these companies you've been a part of from Mixers to Pure Light, Vivint, everywhere that you've been, where do you feel like you bring the most value?
1: Um, I like what you said, which thank you for everything you said. That's awesome. A lot of the value comes or like the value i like to create comes from partnerships, trust, and then just consistency and reliability. Like I've said for years and years that the people that I'm surrounded with, the people in the room, my partners or my team members, most of the time they're way more talented than me, right? Like I think you, you mentioned the creative director role. Back then I had amazing designers, photographers, videographers that could run circles around anything that I could do. Yeah. So what can I bring there? It's reliability, it's leadership and it's consistency. So like not riding emotional roller coasters, always have a clear vision and be reliable. If someone's going to ask something, I'm going to do it every time and I'll exceed what you want it done. But then also know what I need done as an objective of the company or my department or the team, and I'll get the whole team right there. And so it's hard to articulate a little bit, Yeah. But value creation, I find, and we'll talk probably a lot today about consistency and reliability Yeah. because it's the small things done over a long period of time that change everything. Yeah. And no one notices it right out the gate, but this, like you said, you and I have known each other 6 years, something like that. Yeah. And even from back then I'd say the same to you is the little chit the little habits you had from your late teens to right now are the reason that other people 25, 26, 27 years old are not in the same ballpark as you. Cuz I know what you've done behind the scenes for all those years and back then it'd be hard to see the differences but now it's blatantly obvious. Yeah. I think the same applies from a company, from a department, from a team. It's the small things that you change today that would drastically impact two, three, four years from now, where those people that didn't make any changes, they can't ever catch up. Yeah, Like it's almost this exponential gap that won't be filled as long as you remain consistently with daily habits or I mentioned organization and consistency with the team. Mm -hmm. You just start to gain more and more trust because you don't drop the ball. Like you just fulfill and do what it takes to get it done. Dude, that makes, so that makes a lot of sense.
0: So when I was going and I was looking at your bio and I was just, I was just like re-upping on everything you've done, being friends, it's one thing. It's like, oh damn, Damon's a badass. Like he's a killer. And then going and looking at everything, it's like, holy crap. It's, it's incredibly impressive, right? From your time at Vivent, you started out as a sales rep, you worked your way up to creative director and then you got to director of sales, right? Correct. You found, you founded or co-founded MixHers in 2018. Correct. It's sitting right now, four years later at 20 plus thousand subscribers, which is so sick. And then right now being co-founder of Pure Light, running your own tech company is very, very cool. And I think, I think what you just said is exactly how you've been able to go and do all of that. You are probably one of, if not the most consistent people I know, disciplined, and you do all the little things behind the scenes that go and that's. That's what everyone sees like the product of, which is is really, really cool. So, rewinding a little bit, I, I kind of want to hear the story. So, you started out at
1: Vivint, what year? 2007. 2007 as a sales rep. No, before that, dude. So, okay, 2007, I was like 16, almost 17 years old. For those that know where Vivint is, in Provo, Riverwoods, just up on the bench, those those houses. That's where I grew up. Okay. And so, I knew someone that was working at Apex in the call center. She got me a job in the call center doing data entry. There you go. And did data entry some of the time, but started to dabble in graphic design. And then did that for two years, served LDS mission, came home after seeing everything that was going on in sales. I'm like, yeah, graphic design creative is awesome, but money is made in, in sales. Yeah. So that literally the day after I got home from my mission, I went into one stop, asked to go sign or sign with a team. I didn't have a manager. They just put me with a manager, and they're like, so-and-so. you got to love that. Yeah, so-and-so. She's dating so-and-so. Just go on his team. Yeah. And met him two weeks later, did a preseason trip, and that's when sales started. So during sales, sold for three summers, and then during that time would do graphic design. Precursor to that, though, yeah. 12 to however old, you knocked door-to-door and painted
0: (laughs) and i know people have done it right i had friends did it painted curbs yeah dude right you made thousands of dollars from 12 on up painting curbs yep right so you you kind of had like that the
1: door-to-door side yeah (laughs) and whether i didn't even know that was a thing but you hit the nail on the head my brother and i go door-to-door and we were little kids through our neighborhoods and in utah the winter just wipes off all the paint off of a curb so go knock on the door ask if they want their address painted Offer 20 bucks, 15 bucks, whatever. It works, right? They give me five bucks and we say yes. Yeah, Go do it. Go do like 50, 60, 70 homes in a day in a few hours and you're good. It was great. Like, I don't think we understood what we had. If I had the sales training I had now, I'd be like, dude, I'd be lethal. That's amazing. But my kids are 10, <laughs> dude. I'm going to make the – my kids will go to the door. My little one, Blaine, he's three. Baron is almost five. Baron will be at the door. Blaine will be over at the curb. Baron will knock on the door be like, hey – we're doing, we're doing address painting. We've done it for all the neighbors. Do you just want it where the other one was? And Blaine will already be going. They'll already be spraying. That's how it's going to... It's like, what? Uh, I guess, uh, so... Yeah, and then they'll say it's $50. Yes, that's all they need. Exactly. Dude, I don't... I'm like, what was I doing? <laughs> that's going to be golden. Okay,
0: so fast forward now. You recognize sales was the move. You got into it. You started selling. How'd that
1: go? It was awesome. I don't know, and it's hard to articulate those intangibles. Why are some rails, some reps amazing and some reps, this like, average? If yes. they're saying the same thing, it does come down to personality, being able to connect with somebody. And ultimately, that's in a bit, it's in a way that sales, right? You connect with someone, you build trust with somebody. Yeah. You build trust with someone, you can do business with them. And I don't know. I, I had just come off a mission. I served an LDS mission in Mexico. I had this light in my eye. Maybe I was just a friendly looking baby face kid. I'd clean shave all the time. <laughs> I didn't have like a, Chester stash. You, you didn't know, have it. All didn't right. have it then. More presentable. But it went to the same. It's just work ethics. Like, oh, dude, I've seen all the numbers put up. I see what guys are making. I know some of these guys and I think I'm more talented than them. Why can't I go make what they're making? So for me, it wasn't a question of if it can be done. It's yeah maybe I just need to put in the reps or put in the time. But mm-hmm. for that first preseason trip I mentioned, um, that was in December in Winnemucca, Nevada. If anyone's ever been there, it's absolutely ice, it's ice cold it's freezing. It's an ice cold gold mine. That's yeah, what it is. That's true. But I sold to my first day to my second day and I'm like, oh, this isn't that bad. And then we got out to Pittsburgh for my rookie year. I sold nine my first week. And then- which is
0: unreal. Like putting the perspective, like top 5% of beginners to ever go and start that way,
1: which I didn't know at the time. I didn't yeah. even know like there, Instagram wasn't doing what it's doing now. And i had, at at you were kind of part of the leaderboard, but you'd only see what was happening in your team. You didn't understand or know these other regions or groups, so yeah, I head. I'm like, oh, that might be good. We were in a in a market that had low credit um it was just it was poor it was a poor market, so I ended up selling over one sixty funded over one twenty five that first year, yeah, and then the next year we went to d c and I didn't really have a question in my mind of like, can we do this? Can we not do this? Yeah, it was awesome. We were enjoying it actually seems like a lifetime ago, man, that yeah. Was, that's best, crazy. It was I so bet. much fun. Like some of the best memories ever were during that time.
0: For sure. And, and, and so then from there, you went from being a sales rep, you were a phenomenal rookie, right? How many years did you do that before you finally like, okay, cool, I'm going to go the, direct, like, the direction of creative director? Mm-hmm. And how did you fall into that role?
1: Yeah, so I'd always been naturally good at design and creative. I started my own design agency. It's called Damon Design. i mm-hmm. um, still around. To, I literally still funnel business through that today. I did that when I was 15 or 16. That's amazing. And that started just because I was in always in APR, AP 2D design, AP, all anything I could with graphic, like create photo, video, all that stuff. It was just fun, Um, but never saw it as a career or a profession because artists don't make money. Businessmen and salespeople make money. So being able to bridge those two, I never really saw a bridge there. Yeah. Um, but when I was like 15, 16, a neighbor asked if I could do a website for him. He likes some of the stuff he'd seen from his daughter or something. I don't even know how he knew. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do a website. Had never done a website before. <laughs> so I literally go onto YouTube, early day YouTube. We're talking like Charlie bit my finger YouTube time. Yep. We go to YouTube and I YouTube <laughs> how, to, how to build a website. And then it talks about Photoshop. So I go and pirate Photoshop off the internet, build a website over a couple of days. He pays me $3,000 and I'm like, oh, dang, there's like some money in this. Yeah. Okay. That's so And then it kind of just steamrolls. Someone's like, could you paint a mural in my office? I'm like, yup. Go on YouTube, how to paint a mural and then did that. But I, again, never thought it would be what it was. Landed that spot at Apex, just doing random design around the call center. Like, it's not like what we're used to with swag and apparel and events and, and apps. It's different. But coming back, going into sales, my manager at the time understood that I could do that. So I helped with some t-shirts for at the office, right? Like, you're wearing your Meraki hat right now. I do that type of stuff. Yep. He had some good-looking stuff, trickled into another team, trickled to another team, trickled to a region. And then by the time that my second summer was coming around, I had done apparel and graphics for almost every region at Vivint at the time. And a huge shout out to Tyler Williams. So he was at Vivint at the time, kind of a good mentor in this space. He's he's in Sunrun now. And he let me do a whole brand overhaul with his brand. He was running at the time, which was Alchemy. Mm -hmm. And that was their region name. And... That was it, dude. I just started to do tons and tons, and then I got introduced to Kevin Swiss, Dave Jones, yep. Doug Barnett at that time, Jake Larson at that time. Yep. And I'd sell during the summer, and then I would work part time during the preseason, just doing prize locker stuff. Yeah. And I did that for two seasons, and then by that third year, midsummer, I get a call from Kevin Swiss saying, "Hey, dude, what would it take to come, do creative full time?"
2: elevate your style without the elevated price tag with quince go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for
1: most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me
2: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Not really knowing what it was. He didn't throw around art director or creative director or any of that. He's just like, yeah. can you come full time? And I'm like, oh, well, what can we, like, what's pay look like? What's it look like? We talked back and forth for a few months, honestly, a couple months. And I'm like, oh, I want to go do this. And the pay is like 50,000 a year. right Like I said, art doesn't pay business and sales pay. Yeah. I had just done 175 accounts that summer, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to clear like 150,000. 150,
2: yeah. like, uh. <laughs> Just a 66 yeah, But pay I'm cut. like
1: But what's the passion behind it? And I kind of like this idea, and I've spoken about it on a few other podcasts about the gray area. Yeah. I like to live in this gray area where gray area is opportunity. And there was this gray area where nobody was really bridging that gap well from sales to, honestly, the best person doing it was Kevin Swiss at the time, but yeah. he's in one man show, right? Yeah, It's like bridge that gap there. What does that career look like if I double down for 10 years? That's more opportunistic and more unique than just being a sales guy for that time. So I kind of made the risk, but at the same time, like some people will, will retell this story and exaggerate it to make me sound cooler. Mm-hmm. But it's like, dude, he took a job 50,000. He made 150,000 the year before, 80, 000, 80% pay cut. It's Like, yeah. But also, the back end hit in October. Yeah. And I started getting paid in October. So I kind of had like a buffer year. Yeah. Like, if yeah, after yeah. a year it wasn't good, I just go back to selling. Right. Yep. But in that year, I was introduced to people, I was introduced to companies, collaborations with Nike, with Sector Nine. And we've done some amazing collaborations over the years, Skull Candy, right? Mm-hmm. And we travel all over doing these photo shoots. We'd do amazing events for our sales organization. And there was this part of me where I kind of learned the tangibles and the intangibles and the pay and then the pay beyond the paycheck. Yeah. And I was smart with my investments. I started to buy real estate really early. All my money from sales, I started to do real estate early. And I'm like, you know what? If I'm smart, my wife was working at the time. We didn't have any kids. Mm-hmm. So dual income's awesome. And so I'm like, if I'm smart, like, I feel like there can be progression here. Yeah. And it's a huge shout out to the leadership that I had at the time, a Doug Barnett, a Dave Jones, a a Kevin Swiss. Like they were willing to reward me as fast as I was willing to put in the work. Yeah. And I had made kind of mental goal early 20s. I would have been right when I came home from my mission. And I don't know who it was. I wish I could find the quote. This was before I was all in on Instagram and stuff. But there was this quote where it's like, do 80 hours of work a week for 10 years and you have 20 years of experience when everyone else has 10. And I'm like, light bulb hit, right? I'm going to do that. I will do 80 hours a week for the next 10 years. And by the time I'm 30, I'll have the experience of a 40 year old, Mm -hmm. right? Now, given not every week is an 80, 80 hour week, but Anyone who knows me during that time knows that they could reach me at any time and I'd work at any time. I'd respond to emails at any time. Mm-hmm. There was no on off switch because I wanted to grab 20 years of experience in 10 years. Yeah. And those habits still trickle through today. It's not like I just throttled back. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'd rather spend a lot of more time with my kids and stuff now. Yep. So 80 hours, those weeks happen, right? But that's it's a burner, right? It's, it's a grind. But did that for for a time? Kevin and I, um, partnered for a long time, six years there and grew, grew, grew. Like you said, mentioned a creative director. We started to run everything for sales. We started to run everything for brand at Vivint. And then those last, that last year started to really emphasis on or emphasize on helping Josh Crittenden in sales. And then again, I've always kind of bridged this gap between creative and brand married those two. And, uh, that's where there was this happy fit with sales experience and, yeah. and the director of sales. That's so sick. So I, I, that segues me
0: perfectly because a lot of people listening are like, holy crap. And honestly, even me listening, it's like, okay, A, you have to have some balls to go from position A to position B, right? From being a sales rep doing as well as you were doing to jumping over to the full-time creative side. Obviously, it's worked out great, and you've, you've capitalized on that. My question for you, though, because this will probably help a lot of people understand why you made the decisions that you've made so far. How would you define success? Like, what is success to
1: you? I think success can come down to personal brand and reputation. So if people have good things to say about you, not just on the work front, like, yeah, awesome, you go and achieve something awesome. But if people can say good things about your personality, your traits, how you are outside of the office, that is success. Again monetary success, financial, like a hundred percent. Right. And I want to, I want to be financially free too. That's a huge motive. Yeah. But I'm a big forward thinker on, they call it the rocking chair test, right? You sit on your rocking chair when you're 92 years old, do you look back and do you like the story you can tell yourself? And I do that test all the time, dude. And I, I literally, I mentioned Josh Crittenden a second ago. Yeah. Many on this, maybe know him. He's probably my best friend out of nowhere. Like, Two months ago, I call him. I'm like, hey, dude, I think I want to like buy a helicopter, and I want to get a helicopter's license. And he's like, what? I'm like, I did the rocking chair test. And the rocking chair test told me that I did if, I, if, I did, if I could fly my friends in a helicopter, and you could come out to Oregon and bungee jump out of my helicopter, that'd be a cooler story. Way he's cooler. Like, he's like, you're not wrong. <laughs> and so that's something that's on my list I need to do. But those are the calls. You might get that call, Zach. I'll be like, Zach, I did a rocking chair test. Um, We're buying a yacht. And I'm there
0: and <laughs> I'm there. there and I'm there. So I, I love that. Uh, touching on that, the rocking chair test. I've never actually heard it put that way, but I have absolutely heard like, what kind of legacy do you want to leave? And the tombstone, what do you want it to say on your tombstone? when yeah, you Yeah, I love that. Like, what, what do you want it to say on your tombstone? And that hits on that perfectly. Like success being not, not what other people think about you. Cause that's not important. It doesn't matter what other people think about you, but what you are and like what you leave behind is super, super important. And your character is majority of that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. The rest doesn't really matter. Right. I love that rocking chair test. I'm gonna start doing that. Cause it's then a, you're it's, still alive. It's right? a
1: good and a bad thing. Cause you find yourself doing a lot of crazy stuff. Try, you end up eating everything, dude. I like, love you it. know what? That fish is alive, but I think I'm think i going to eat it. Yeah. Like passing the rocking chair. test.
0: <laughs> okay. On that, <laughs> on that. With the rocking chair test, what's what's something that the rocking chair test has inspired that you've gone and done where you're like, wow, that that
1: was out there. Okay, uh, this would be more of the more recent one of the more recent ones. Buying the blazer, I have a 1972 fully restored blazer. I love it. It's freaking cool. It completely breaks my rules of financial smartness. Like <laughs> I only need my one vehicle. Why do I need this other? I don't want to go build my fleet of restored classic cars yet. Yeah, it'll come. It'll Good. come. But I had this opportunity, it came up, rocking chair test, I'm like, we're buying the blazer, we're gonna drive the blazer, and I'm like, I don't regret it, obviously, it costs oh, yeah. money that I wasn't planning on, but I look back, and I'm like, Kid-, and my kids are obsessed with, that's our weekend car, Oh yeah, right, so we go and we get donuts on Sunday, and we go do our, we'll go out to the mountains and stuff, but that's one where the rocking chair test, I'm like, I remember growing up going in a lot of my dad's restored cars. We've had cars in our family our whole life. He owned dealership for over twenty years, and yeah, the rocking chair test was. Can and Blaine have these crazy memories in this big orange blazer? With yeah, this big back seat, right? It's nineteen seventy-two. So and like, the
0: pictures no- are there. They do, they make it worth it yeah. from the outside looking in. It's like. That was a good move. Yeah, because they look so happy. They're sitting on a little bench together. I, I love it. <laughs> like I, I, I'm a big fan of the Blazers. So if that came from the rocking yeah, chair, yeah, that test, was a rocking chair test. I love that. So going on with that, there's a and, and you kind of touched on it. And I think really what the rocking chair test is, or the tombstone, or anything, anything that's hey, what kind of legacy do you want to leave? We had a really really cool guest. Our first first guest that we went and released the episode was Marco, and he yeah, talked about the importance. Dude. Yeah, he's amazing. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. He stressed towards the end the importance of a personal brand. And to me, that's his way of looking at, like, your version of the rocking chair test, my version of the what do you want to be remembered by, like, the tombstone test. Like, his was like, what's my personal brand? Right. Right. So when you think about the rocking chair test and everything else, personal brand, obviously, you mentioned it a little bit. To you, what kind of importance does that play and how does that change what your day-to-day is? Like, when you're thinking, okay, I want to go and create my personal brand to be this,
1: how is that affecting your day-to-day? Yeah. So one of the rock and chair tests, again, everything kind of family centric in a way. I have this thing I've written over the last few years called the 21 rules I'll teach my sons. Have You seen that? I I have. I have absolutely seen it. That I love. And it's an accumulation of all these good phrases and principles and lessons that have helped craft where I am today. But it's things that I would teach, teach my kids. Yep. So as far as crafting, yeah, my own my own personal brand, I want to build a legacy and a reputation where they're like, no, I've always remembered my dad doing X, Y, and Z. Or same, my business partners, my friends and colleagues, it's like, oh, Damon's always been X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And part of that is how it's changed me is my alarm clock goes off between 4.30 and 5 o'clock every day. And it has since I was on my mission. And I just haven't stopped. And I go to the gym six times a week. And I've gone to the gym six times a week, every week since I was 12 years old. And so fitness is a huge part. And you write. And so that obligation of like, it's never easy to wake up early. It's never easy to go to the gym. It's never easy to get in the ice bath. That sucks every freaking day. Mm -hmm. But part of my brand is people are expecting that of me. And it helps me hold myself to that standard because it's only going to, it's not like, oh, I'm doing this for them. It's like, no, this is doing it for me. But I encourage others to do it. And I talk about it so frequently. It's almost like the public declaration. Like I'm telling you, it's like, I just did this publicly on the podcast. So tomorrow, if I don't want to wake up or I don't want to go to the gym, it's like, oh, use a hypocrite. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: you kind of have to. I have to. Or it's like I, I talk about book clubs and continued learning and podcasts and your power hour in the morning. Like, I've talked about that forever. Yeah. I have to do it. And luckily, I've been talking about it for so long that I've had to do it for so long. And it's those minor things over a long period of time that have spread that difference. A thousand percent.
0: So uh, I guess a little bit more in depth because for myself, it's like, okay, the goal is to go maximize every day, right? Mm-hmm. At, at the end of everything, the goal is to go maximize every day. What does a day look like in your shoes where it's like, okay, wake up. You just told us a little bit. And then you mentioned little things. I want to go into depth. Like what does a day look like in your shoes? Or what is the ideal day to go and maximize what you get out of that day?
1: Yep. Alarm goes off. Let's say it's five. Alarm goes off. I stumble out of my bed because <laughs> <laughs> it's never easy. Stumble out. I normally have my gym clothes already laid out, which is Gym shirt and gym pants, right? I work out barefoot in my garage. And so I literally can just walk right into my garage. Lights are still kind of off. And I do 15 or so, 15 to 20 minutes of back stretches. I have continued injuries from all my sports over the years. I've broken like 37 bones. So stuff, stuff hurt. <laughs> oh, God. My lower back's the, the worst by far. So it takes time. 15 to 20 minutes in stretching. My wife comes out. We built a a, a gym in our garage. And, and I, the reason I built that was I needed to have that 15 to 20 minutes for my back. And I wasn't getting that if I went to the gym, right? So that, yeah. that was literally like forward thinking. We work out for an hour to an hour and a half, jump in the ice bath, get out of the ice bath. I make protein shakes for myself, for my kids. We make breakfast. I get dressed. Cruise to the office between, could range anywhere from 7.30 to 8.30, depending on how that morning went, mm-hmm. right? And then the office day-to-days change every single day. Um, pure light. Now we have over 350 employees. Uh, we're in three different States, nine different markets. And it's crazy as there's a lot that goes on. Um, I'm our, our CRO there. So I oversee our sales channels, inside sales and our, um, direct to home sales. I also oversee our creative and our brand team. So the day in the life there varies a little, right? Could be meetings. It could be video casts. It could be creating a new competition for outside operation installers. It could be we were just in Vegas for the last three days doing leadership development and training. That part varies a lot. And that goes, honestly, that, that same schedule right there is pretty much Sunday to Sunday. Yeah. Saturday, obviously, I don't go into the office as much. Yep. But our guys work on Saturdays and Sundays. And so, kind of just an ongoing thing. And it's not a work life balance. It's kind of this work life harmony, mm-hmm. right? They kind of have to go hand Together. in hand. Yeah, they have to go hand in hand. Yep. It's not shut this off and do this. And that's it, dude. And then I rinse and repeat. I play golf as much as I can. I built a skateboard a half pipe in my backyard, which you always do at every house. I have to. Yeah, I have to. I flew my guy out from Utah. Yep. Sammy, shout out Sammy, he makes the best half pipe ever. <laughs> Hell yeah, Sammy! <laughs> flew, it's a good plug. Yep, flew him up from from Oregon to build out my backyard. So we skate a little bit every day. My kids are back there every single day. Yeah, and that's been awesome. That's I love it, it, dude. That's pretty much the day. So, dude, you. That's so sick, and it makes sense why you don't. Oh, I didn't hit. wrap up the day. I yeah, do, do you, I do do get wrap home. Up the yeah, day. I wrap up the day. I go home from work typically between 5 and 6 most of the time. America makes dinner 90% of the time. So we'll eat dinner, do something fun, or just hang out if we can, and then kids are down by 7.30, and then I'm out. Like If my kids are out at 7.30, I could be out at 7.30 for sure. But I'm out for sure by 9. 9 would be like super late. So between 7.30 and 9, I'm out. That's amazing. So listening
0: to that and a few things you said that kind of stand out, you've had this routine between 4.30 and 5 a.m. every day since you were 19, Mm -hmm. right? And I think a lot of people, including myself, it's like, okay, great. Like the secret to having good habits is doing them so consistently that they just become a part of what you do. Mm -hmm. There's no more decision. You've made the decision already. You don't have to decide if you're going to wake up at that time. But I think a really, really hard part to getting into – A routine where you are going to maximize your day is starting totally right. So, what advice do you have? And and the reason for that is because when you are starting, you are not always going to be motivated. Mm You are not always going to want to do it. And right now, it's not a part of your identity. It's not a habit. It's something new, so it's a lot easier to go into what would be an old habit, like sleeping in or whatever it may be. So, what what advice would you have if I am like lacking motivation or drive to get up and make those changes? Because everyone knows there is changes they should make.
1: What are the first steps, like baby steps, to getting to that point? Public declarations and accountability partners, meaning public declaration, you've now said it, you have to do it. Otherwise you're like you're not gonna have any trust anymore, right? Yep. And then this you say it, it's it's a scary thing to say you're gonna go say it. You better do it. But public declaration doesn't mean you have to go post your before and after on Instagram. Yeah. Some do. I've never done that, but I would I think that's awesome. Public declaration there or texting family members or texting a group of your friends. Maybe you all have a group chat, the boys or something, right? Yep. Like, guys, I'm gonna start waking up at five AM account And that comes in the accountability partner. So you made a public declaration. Now you come to accountability partner. For many, many, many years, I try to think of an era where I didn't have a, quote, gym partner. Yeah. And right now it's my wife before it was my brother-in-law. Then it's, it was Josh Crittenden and the list, Steven Anderson, like the list just goes on and on and on. I've, un- I've subconsciously had this accountability partner where yeah. I'm like, dude, I told him I would be at the gym at six. I have to be there right? That's sucky. If I'm not there, yeah. I completely shiz the bed. It's yep. my fault. So those two right there, I mean, if you were to boil it down, that's it, dude. Is like, you want to get ball rolling. There's more that go to it after that because you'll start to see the returns three yep. months later, six months later, a year later, you're not even recognizable and it's part of a habit and you actually crave it yep. and you want to continue to see those changes. Oh, yeah. And then you could do it by yourself with or without people. But just to get the ball rolling, those two simple things will do it. I love it. So
0: public dec- declaration and an accountability partner in one, one form or another. Correct. I love that. That being said as well, so your day is jam-packed with these things that are great practices. Where do you start? You go. I mean, chances are you go take someone who's doing none of that and you say mm-hmm. do all of it and they publicly declare they're going to do it and have an accountability partner, they'll last a couple days maybe, mm-hmm. right? But there are certain things they can start with. What parts do you think have the biggest impact? Like if you were to go say, hey, yeah. Zach, this is number one. Don't drop the ball. Yep. What would that be? I hope you guys are enjoying this episode so far. It was brought to you by Alchemy Sales Coaching. Now, I typically don't run ads, um, but I feel very strongly about Alchemy Sales Coaching. I started doing one-on-one coaching with Doug back in 2019. And since then, I have gone and not only blown up my career and my earnings, um, but it's really helped me through just the ups and downs of life. Now, the reason I feel so strongly about Alchemy is because It's a group of individuals not only focusing on furthering their sales career, but they're diving deep into inner work um, and becoming the best version of yourself so you can show up and be the best version of yourself. Um, Not only that, if you have any interest in doing any one-on-one coaching with me, I exclusively do all of my one-on-one coaching through Alchemy. Um, So for full access to me, go and check out Alchemy. I think you'll absolutely love it. It's alchemysalescoaching.com. We will also go and post um, the links in our bio. On stories, etc. So go check it out. Now we're back to the episode. Enjoy.
1: So there'd kind of there'd be kind of three that go hand in hand because you'll see how they go hand in hand. Is prioritizing six to eight hours of sleep, waking up early and going to sleep early, and like those three, if most are not doing it, that'll change your life. I don't know if I'll ever have the regret of like I didn't live the party life or all that's Like, dude, I haven't seen midnight on a clock forever. Like, unless, <laughs> unless I'm traveling, doing a red eye to Dubai or Japan or something. It's like, I haven't seen that time. Yeah. I just don't know. Dude, I don't even remember the last time I stayed up till New Year's and rung the bell. Like, That's, I'm out by nine for sure. And then the the fireworks go off and piss me off. But <laughs> You're a grumpy old man. You're a grumpy old, a old man, man, bro. <laughs> down the road, dude. Um, You're already starting your rocking chair shit. <laughs> Rocking (laughs) chairs out there and I'm just like flipping off the kids. I'm like, yeah, yeah." exactly. Um, But no, those those three things that can set your day right, because now you're like, dude, I have more time. I feel better because you feel better. You're going to want to eat better because you feel better. You'll put more into your work. You won't get droggy at work or school or whatever you're doing. Yeah. Because you're not droggy or because you had success at work at school, you're fulfilled when you come home. So you're your best you and your attitude is high. Yep. And it's like, whoa, that all happened because you gave your body what it needed up front. Yep. The next piece to it would then be the physical exercise and mental exercise. So I said power hour, right? So during that time, if it's you're reading an audiobook while you're lifting or you're lifting and then you listen to audiobooks to and from work or something like that, but yep. feeding both body and mind daily, that's not a crazy habit to break into. Yeah. It just has to say, no, I'm going to do it. And you start doing it. You stop listening to music as much as you would. And you start to prioritize that stuff instead. Exactly.
0: Which is, I can speak to that. It's it's life-changing. 100% mm-hmm. it is. Kind of shifting gears a little bit. So I love hearing about everyone's victories. Like it's super inspiring. It's it's fun, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like it. I, I live through other people's victories and their experiences, which I love. And, and your story is so impressive and fun. But I think a lot of times people including myself I go forget like okay there are a lot of there are a lot of moments in that story that don't get talked about because no one likes to relive them That were the lows of the lows like the sitting on the edge of your bed like what the crap like whatever it may be um and I'm curious for you is there anything in life where it just sticks out whether it's career or just life that's like that was a low of low that was an emotional spot I don't ever want to have to go and feel again
1: Right. And then on top of that, how did you get out of that? Like, yeah. what wh- what would that be for you? So it's interesting. There's not one and none of us will have one. You may have one that stands out because we're thinking about it this moment, but there's going to be a lot. And that's part of life. Like, that's part of the cycle. That's part of the story. There's a phrase that I've used for a long time. You ever see me on my Instagram? I literally will put hashtag backstory. Ninety nine percent of people will probably be like, I don't you know, I literally have it tattooed down my whole bicep. Yep. Backstory. Because the backstory goes to rocking chair test, but I'm a big part of legacy and a big part of your story. I say, could you go back, rewind the clock and say it was those highs and those lows that made me get to where I am. It's the stresses that actually allowed me to push through the next threshold. Have you ever heard of the principle of like the thresholds and they come in circles? So it's like, think of a, a target. If you're in the middle of the target, that outer ring is as far as your stress is willing to push you. Mm-hmm. So by making a public declaration or doing something to push yourself out of the threshold you've now expanded the threshold and you can take on, take on more take on more take on more take on more yep to the point where your threshold is so big that the craziest stuff that may rock somebody to their core may not rock you the same way because you know it's going to get it's going to be okay yeah and as long as you remain consistent what's happened in the past and all the results you've seen in the past will continue through the future yeah and there's no reason that that should change based on historical data and I'm a really, I don't want to say I'm an emotionally dead person. Yeah. My wife may say I am. I'm not emotionally dead because I clearly like laughing and all that crap. But <laughs> all that crap. But when bad yeah. stuff happens, I'm the last one to be like emotionally rocked by it. Yeah. Or in extremely stressful situations, and we've dealt with some at, at Pure Light. We've dealt with them everywhere. vivid, extremely high stress. But I also think that by putting myself in high stress for so long, that that threshold has has expanded. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's okay to feel stressed about it. But if it impacts your emotion, how you're going to interact with the person, or if it's going to impact your decision making ability, yep, you got to in- increase that threshold. Yep. So I I say that because over the years, there's been many backstory moments where the one that would be like call it lowest of lows, where it's like, what am I going to do? Is on a, when America. And Blaine, when Blaine was born, our youngest, most recent, that was one that called rock to the core because was, he was born six weeks early. There were complications. She hemorrhaged and was bleeding. He was going to NICU. He was four pounds, had a rare blood thing. He had cysts on his brain, all this stuff. We were in the hospital almost a week, and he would be good one day, then she'd be bad one day, he'd be good one day, and then a doctor comes in and is like, hey, just so you know, you might be going home with only one of them. And that's like a... <sighs> hits right that's like this like sinks in we obviously know how the story ended they're all good everything miracles happened that week which is insane but it goes back to the same as like even if things weren't good i wouldn't have let it derail me because i still have baron that would have been there or blaine or if america and like we would have there still would have been responsibilities there still would have been a company and people counting on me and the other part is everybody goes through shit If you think you're the only one that had to deal with a doctor telling you that, then you're very naive, yet you expect everyone else to still show up for you every day. Why would you not return that, right? And that's an emotionally low family side. There's been financial ones, and we joked about it before we came on with crypto. It's like, (laughs) hey, I had built, I told you, I started investing early into real estate. My early 20s, I built a portfolio of rental properties when COVID hit. I thought I was gaming the market, sold all properties within like a couple of weeks, put 100% of that into crypto. And as we all know, crypto's exploded the last four
2: months.
0: (laughs) You you were a king for a minute. You were a king
1: for a minute. Um, But it goes to that. It's like, oh man, does someone get rocked saying, dude, you just wasted six years or seven years of your life and all your life savings, whatever. It's like, dude, that's a lesson I'll never have to learn again. And money will come and go, but I'll never be able to. Not tell my kids. Yeah, dude, I spent sixty thousand on this JPEG. Yeah, sweet. It was sick, and it's just hanging up in your office. (laughs) And it will go in the office. It It will will. go in the office. But it's in those. It's like, don't get upset about that crap. You just power through it, and don't ride these emotional roller coasters. Just remain consistent. And there was this quote. It was an interview, actually, Shaquille O'Neal. This is pretty recent, and I wish I knew where who he was talking to. You saw him talking on the podcast because I want to go find it. But they they mentioned something to this extent is like, hey, you seem like a pretty consistent or like emotionally stable guy. Yeah. And he's like, I have so many people counting on me that I can't afford to be emotional. Yeah. They need all the emotionals and it's OK for them to be emotional. But there's so much riding on me that I can't afford to be emotional right now. Yeah. And that resonated more with me than pretty much anything I'd heard, because there are times where I'm like, dude, am I like mentally broken? Because bad things will happen. And I'm like, it's fine, dude. Gosh, gonna be yeah, just fine. Yeah, but there's that mental toughness, but more than mental toughness, it's like life will go on. And as long as you're you followed the formula and you continue to follow the formula, why would the results change? Yeah, and then the other part that humbles me all the time, and when I reference backstory, is the worst thing that's happened to you by now, like today, is not the worst thing that you'll have to deal with in your life. Yep, and that's part. It's like, okay, well, how will I conquer that when it gets there? And am I prepared for it? Because if I handle the last experience shitty, I better be better so I don't handle it that way. Exactly. Because what I've already gone through is about to be this compared to what will happen. Whether that be sicknesses, deaths, job loss, bankruptcies, any accidents. I mean, health is the most valuable thing and you don't realize until you don't have it. Yep. And that, I get worried about that all the time. Yeah. That's where hopefully, you know as historically accurate as Talladega Knights is when Ricky Bobby says with my level income and in modern technology, I might live to be 200, 300 easy. <laughs> I'm kind of banking on that being the case for my back and my hip. But with that being said, it's like, what if technology doesn't allow me to get a new back and hip? Well, that's now I have to dedicate 15 to 20 minutes a morning so that I don't have to get a hip replacement or something. And yeah. that's something I have to, if I don't do it, it's going to happen. But if I'm going to be complaining about something in the now. Yeah. And I'm 30 years old. Am I anticipating or am I hoping that everyone's just going to tolerate my complaining for like 90 more years? Yeah. Like, no, dude, fix your stuff because I don't want to hear that for 90 more years. Yep.
0: That's a unique and empowering way of looking at things. So two things you just said that stood out to me to deal with stuff as it comes. Number one, prepare for it and expect it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you have not been through the worst of the worst yet. And if you look at things that way, you're going to be consistently be preparing for what's to come. And not to say live in fear, but just be ready. Like, like, be ready to go and handle that and take it on the chin when it comes. And then the second thing you said, which is really cool because I haven't heard anyone say this in a long time. I've seen that Shaquille O'Neal interview, mm-hmm. and I love it. And I think it resonates a lot with people, especially fathers, right, moms. Um, anyone in a leadership position at their at their work, or anyone that's an older sibling that has little siblings looking up to you, really anyone that has people looking to you to be their rock, mm-hmm. is like when you are in the moment, freaking put on your big boy pants and realize, regardless of what's happening, you have responsibilities. You have people counting on you, right? right? Which is really cool, and it might sound harsh, but that's going to help you get through it a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. You probably also get through shit a lot quicker than most people, I would assume, right?
1: Yeah, well, you are not. Does, it doesn't every, spiral. Anything that pops up has a decision that needs to be made, and make decisions quickly and adjust slowly. Right? Yeah. If 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 something happens, don't let it simmer and get all like. And it's like, no, here's the solution. Let's just do the solution. If that's the wrong solution, let's adjust and make the next solution. Yep. Because it doesn't do anybody any good to think about it.
0: Yep. So you literally just said one quote that's that guides almost everything that I do since I think 2019 when I first started a Tony Robbins uh, Tony Robbins seminar Mm -hmm. is make a decision quickly. And make a correction slowly, mm-hmm. right? Like everything I do, because I notice a lot of people have this paralysis by analysis and it's, in that's a quote from Green Lights, which was, or no, no, that's a quote from Will, from Will Smith's new book.
1: Oh, is it? Paral- yeah. That's paralysis
0: cool. by analysis. It's, it's a funny story in the book, but basically a lot of people go and they freeze up on something, trying to go and make a decision, right? Rather than just making a decision and then dealing with the repercussions or adjusting or correcting that decision when you know for sure it's either the right or wrong decision. Because if you don't make a decision, you sit there in complete angst, not knowing what's the right decision. Mm-hmm. If you make a decision, you're going to find out at some point whether it was right or wrong, and that's the best thing you can do. Even if it's the wrong decision, then at least you know for sure, 100%, it's the wrong decision, and you can jump to the other. So, so kind of pivoting a little bit, in your line of work, in your career, I think you would agree that you've been super, super blessed to be surrounded by
1: the people you're surrounded by. Dude, I think about it all the time. Oh, yeah, I think about all the time, like, specifically, I referenced apex was down in the Riverwoods. I lived a quarter mile away. I could have lived anywhere else in the United States. Yeah. But I happened to be a quarter mile from the startup that was killing it. And that startup wasn't just killing it. But it had a CEO of Todd Peterson. And Todd Peterson's the most influential man for me. I know he's influenced 1000s. Yep. And he's made 1000s of millionaires. And I happened to be at that company for 11 years. And I happened to rub shoulders with the most experience in that company the last six years of that. Yep. And I happened to like all that through my 20s, where it's like, dude, the average age of the person in my room is 40 years old or yeah. 35 years old. Yeah. That I think about all the time. I'm like, why me? Why was I blessed? And why did I get a B in there? And I don't know. Like, I don't know why that was the case. What yeah. it definitely led to is like, there were also a lot of other kids and guys that have come and gone through that company that have lived within a quarter mile of event. Didn't take advantage of it. Didn't take advantage of it. And I think that's,
0: correct me if I'm wrong, and that that's exactly what I want to talk about. I think that's because you understand, to your core, you understand a very, very, very simple philosophy that is proximity is power. 100%. Like, and you can speak to it, the role proximity has played in... Proximity, me to define proximity, the people you're spending your time around Mm -hmm. in any sense of the word, whether that's the books that you're reading, the people you're hanging around, the video games you're playing, the movies you're watching, like whatever it may be, the proximity that you choose to go and associate yourself with, in my eyes, right, to me, that completely determines your life. Yeah. Like that determines how well you do in business, that determines the kind of family person you are, that determines how other people view you that determines the legacy you leave that determines everything what role has proximity played in you ending up where you're at 15 years into your professional career being being the co-founder of multiple companies that are dominating um with the track record that you have what
1: what play has proximity played in that yeah so it's one thing to rub shoulders or you find these people but the next is like can you create value for these people because again i reference the very, very powerful and influential people that made up of even from a Todd Peterson to a Todd Santiago to a Josh Crittenden to a Kenny Cox or a Cheyenne Thatcher or all these guys or Brad Ross. Or it's like, those are powerhouse dudes. Yep. And I worked with them for so long. But why did they continually talk to me or work with me? Yep. And I think it came down to customer service. And I was genuinely cared about their success. Yep, And I constantly put more dollars in their pocket. I come up with something that would make them more money or create value. I wasn't friction to work with. I yeah. was easy to work with. Um, If I'm in a room, I'll try and make anybody happier or be like, there's no need for negativity or positivity. So yeah. I hope I'm easy to be around. Yep, Hope I'm easy to be a friend with. You do that over a long period of time. Actually, I have a, a, a story with that. There was a guy I worked with who, he referenced something to this. He's like, dude, how is it that you're, 29, 28, whatever it was, and you're going on these trips or you fly on this jet or you do this or you're working with these people or so and so invite you to dinner. Yeah. How do I do that? And I'm like, dude, it's not like rocket science, just like create value, put money in their pocket, demonstrate amazing customer service, and do that for 10 years. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And then it, and then it put, put simply, like put simply
0: because a lot of people are like, I like, whatever, like disregard that because I I don't, I can't create a, a money making opportunity for these people that I would love to like be around it. No, no, no. What you're saying at its core is just be somebody that people are like, dang, I wish he was here. Yeah. And you're so freaking good at that. Like literally there are times, whether it's because of the skill sets that you have, like, holy shit, everything's getting out. of. I wish Damon was here (laughs) or we're just hanging out with the friends. Like, bro, it'd be so much more fun if Damon was here. Become that person for Mm -hmm. the people that you want to spend time around. And I think a lot of people, especially people that I know really well where they may not be happy with their life circumstances. A lot of that can be because of the people you're spending your time around Mm -hmm. and not saying they're not great people. That doesn't, that's not saying you need to go and X anybody out and they're not great people or great friends, but it's like, okay, if you have a goal to get somewhere, you need to go surround yourself with people that are better than you in that area. Right. And I think something else that's really important is if you're in a, a friend group where you guys have just been friends for a long time. And I've noticed this with you, You've been friends for a long time. If everybody's at the same level, obviously, that's not where you want to be spending all your time, but you can go and spend your time somewhere, become that much better, and then bring your entire friend group up. Like, go be the friend that's in your friend group. Like, dang, we're calling Damon for advice because Damon somehow knows this, 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 and this, mm-hmm. right? And
1: all that's done behind the scenes, obviously, the books you read, everything like that, yep, right? It is. Well, and there, the to add to that, too, is I love being with people. I like being with friends and, and family and in these circles. And then outside of that is it doesn't mean it's like, oh, you're hanging out on a Friday night because very rarely do I like hang out on Friday. that's like, I'll take my kids to go do something and we'll go dominate a mini putt course. But (laughs) in that same vein, it's like this interaction that we're having right now, I would hope that it's like, dude, he was, that was like fun and that was a cool time. And that was like, and he treated me the same way that I treat anyone. And it's like, that's a big piece to me is whether it's go back to me, 2007 in a call center if I were to see me, I'd treat me the same way that I treat you right now. I'd treat you the same way that i treat my partners. And i treat my partners the same way I would treat a Todd Peterson. Like, who we've yep. it's like, everybody deserves respect, right? And title yep. doesn't demand respect. And everybody's a human and they have that basic, right? That's a completely, like, different thing. And it doesn't cost anything to be kind. And people remember those interactions because, surprisingly enough, 90% of people are not inherently kind which is just like blows my mind Yep. to cert like talk about like your waiter or your servers or your bartender or all these people. It's like, dude, they're getting paid like 15, 20 bucks an hour, whatever. Yeah. Be kind to that person. Yeah. Like don't be a jerk. Yep. And I don't know, it doesn't cost anything to be kind. If you could, title this whole thing. It's just like, be a good person, man. Yeah. Just be, be a good person. A thousand percent. No, I, I, I can echo that big time. And I think that's my
0: favorite people are the people that are just kind at their core, regardless of what they've done or whatever, wherever they're at in life. Like my favorite people and the people I choose and prioritize to spend time with are the people who treat everyone well. And everyone's always watching too. People notice when you're a dick to the server. Yep. And that goes a really, really long way. And when you talk about respect, I agree. Everyone is, everyone is granted for being a human being and going through the same struggles I go through. They're granted respect, but you can absolutely lose it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can absolutely lose my respect, which doesn't mean I'm going to treat you poorly, but it definitely means I'm not going to go prioritize spending time with you. Yep. So I think that's absolute gold. So along your journey, man, you have, you've had the opportunity to go and rub shoulders, not only rub shoulders, but like be in very intimate settings with some of these incredible people, a lot of them like a very, very good amount, more than most, right? So I, I think something that I'm curious about is what have you seen across the board consistent? If you go from a Todd Peterson to anybody else that's that top one percenter in what they do, what is something they all have in common? Like they don't, you could find any successful person in any room, be like, guaranteed he, he has
1: this, whether it's a trait, habit, whatever it may be. I would, I mean, a blanket answer is they'll all probably say that the moment they realized they started creating value for other people is when they started to make the most amount of money. Mm. When they stopped worrying about the money for themselves and started putting more into others' pockets, it all shifted. Yep. And whether they say it in their own phrase or their own way, that I found to be very consistent. Yep. It's like, aha moment. Yeah. Dude, just cr- stop looking at my account and build value and make this person as much money that's on my team or department or my company. Yeah, And they'll be successful and the company be better and I'll make more money. They they all talk about that. Yeah, and I don't know. That's a consistent trait across the board that I don't, I don't take lightly. Like that's I'm like, noted. Like, hundred percent.
0: You can't miss it. You literally can't miss it. That's uh, that's all, I've never had that answer for. That's awesome. I love that. This is kind of derailing the conversation, but it's more out of curiosity. It's one of my favorite things just to kind of talk about. So you have been put in a lot of really high pressure situations, mm-hmm. including. Situations where you kind of have to be at your best. When you're doing a collaboration with Nike, you can't really mess it up. When you're going and you're doing these certain big things, you can't drop the ball. Have you ever had a situation where it's just like, wow, that was like the most embarrassing thing that could have happened? Like that, I dropped the ball entirely, and it all obviously worked out. But like, that was a slip up. That was a my bad moment. That was terrible.
1: There's a there's a handful of we'll call them small, <laughs> yeah. and the reason I say it, there's probably a ton that I'm not thinking of. Oh yeah. But the reason I again I have the worst memory and I'm tr- I'm trying to read like rewind how you say this. I'm trying to unwind why I have bad memory sometimes. But then I remember is like emotion actually timestamps stamps memory and if I'm trying to be emotionally flat, I'm not time stamping all these memories. <laughs> but it comes and I'm like that's, uh-huh. oh, that's amazing. But I go to it and I'm like okay, how many times during large events where we have 9,000 people coming into the Vivin Arena what they don't see behind the scenes is actually the slides didn't go up the way they should, or the story didn't go on, or the mic cut the wrong time, and it was because a button was clicked, or I typoed something, yeah, or this person's name was John but we put Juan, and it's in front of thousands of people, or oh, something amazing. goes, you know, something goes to print, or or we code an app or whatever. The reason I say this is there's like. There's not one because I have hundreds. Like yeah, <laughs> we're I'm all human, it. and I'm hundreds, and that's the that's the negative of running so fast. Yeah, you're gonna have slip ups. Yep. But if you ride this emotional roller coaster, you're gonna have a lot more slip ups. And you're gonna sure. But I think the next bit is like now the power of sales when there are slip ups, I can cover my tracks a little bit if I can sell why that happened. Yeah. Or it's like no big deal, I'll just fix it right now. Or it's like <laughs> literally we we're in Vegas and there was a slide we had a, we had a guest speaker comes up and he's like, dude, I don't need. This is as simple as it comes. I still build slides today, 20 years, you know, 15 years later. I love it. I think it's awesome because that's that's the way that people tell the story yep. and the way that people see it. If they've all gathered hundreds or thousands of people have come. Yeah. What they're going to take away from there is the brand and is the experience. So don't skimp on the detail in the slides, right? Yep. Anyway, he was awesome and he's like, I don't need any slides. You know, I'm going to be easy. I literally just need this one slide. I just need this one slide up there. And I'm up there and I'm conducting for the day or whatever. All our sales managers are here. And he's like, cool, go ahead and throw up that slide. And I open it and I deleted the slide. And he's like, do we have the slide? And I'm like, yeah, I just need to make it real quick. You need and I to plug one it slide. in. And I, I, just, I didn't brush off. I was like, no, it's not here. I'm like, yeah, we do have it. I just need to make it real quick. And then it's, all right, we're good. And then you all rock. Right, so go ahead. And we kept going. But it was funny because it's like it had somehow gotten deleted the night before. Yeah. But it was like all he needed was the one thing. And the response wasn't, oh, no, I uh, no, it was, yeah, we totally have it. I just need to build it real fast. You're just quick on yeah. your toes. But, yeah, quick on the toes and quick win. I love sure. it. I love it.
0: Dude, I could literally talk all day, and I, I want to get into a couple stories after this last question. But kind of the the whole purpose of this, right, like today's the day, the whole reason for this podcast is – I was really, really lucky, and proximity is what I credit everything to. Not only proximity, but I also took advantage of the proximity I had. I sat down, I interviewed people. I've been doing stuff like this Mm -hmm. behind closed doors since I was 17, 18 years old. Right. Um, With anybody who impressed me in any facet of life. I would sit down, and I sat down with you multiple times. I'd come up to your office, and I would just sit there. And you guys probably honestly got bugged with me, but I would sit in the creative department and I would just watch how you guys worked. I would ask a million questions. And I and I look at myself as a sponge. If there's anything I'm good at, I've just gone and absorbed things people have to say. So the purpose of this podcast is in doing that, coming up through my business career and even earlier in life, it kind of put this certain lens over my eyes. Like I've looked at life through this lens of like, if there's anything I've gotten from everyone I look up to, it's Go and get the most out of today because it's all you've got. Mm -hmm. And you have no idea what's going to happen. You have no idea who's watching. You have no idea if it's that next huge opportunity waiting. You have no idea if it's just your last day. You don't know anything, Mm -hmm. right? So go and live every day like today's the day. And I'm very particular about who I bring on because I only want people who really embody that through and through from start of the day to end of the day, everything that they do. That's very important to me. And you're absolutely somebody who does that. So, again, I thank you for coming on. But if you were to say where you kind of get that or the importance of that, just that that perspective of today's the day, Mm -hmm. where does that
1: come from with you? I would say going back to your story, your backstory, if you're doing the same thing every single day without changing or disrupting or pushing the envelope, Mm -hmm. you'll get to that end of the story and it's going to be boring. In reverse, you can actually sit in your seat today and say, I'm actually not interested in making changes or doing anything different. Then you can might as well just write the rest of your story because it's very predictable. Yep. And I use that analogy when I moved up to Oregon and now we're doing pure light because I was like the hardest decision in my life was leaving Vivint. Those are my best friends and I've been there my my whole life. Like yep. that was the first W-2 job I ever had. Yep. I was there, Right. I knew what my story was if I stayed there eight years and it was awesome. Like it was awesome. Yep. They've, I love everybody and it would have been awesome. Would have paid good. Wouldn't have been insane. I didn't know what my story looked like if I tried something different. And that was interesting because if it failed, I can all try and, you know, I can go back to what I knew or I could figure something else out. And that part I had to teach myself. And that was probably the hardest emotional yeah. decision to ever make yep. because it was very uncertain, but I don't know the story if I make this change. And that's what I liked about it. Yeah. If you could already know what chapter four was with before reading chapter four, you don't even want to read chapter four. Exactly. But if you don't know what chapter four is, then you're all about it. Yep. So the today is the day and it won't be the last decision I'll make. There will come a time where I'm like, oh man, this opportunity is in Anchorage, Alaska. We're moving the family up. Like, who knows what it is? Yeah. Those types of decisions will come again. But knowing if it turned out good, the last time will probably turn out good the, the next time. Yeah. And now that I'm almost two years in, in making this shift and the dust has settled and we're acclimated to our new spot. It's like, this is awesome. Like, yeah. this is really cool. And we're happy about this, Yep. but it's seizing each day and not pre-writing each chapter before you've lived it. That's something more recent, I'd say the last three years that I've tried to kind of instill that I hope change and shapes the rest of my life. I don't want to know the novel before I read it. Yep. I love that, man. That's
0: absolute gold. You have again, as far as like one-liners or just little nuggets to get out of this, you, you've literally been amazing. I've loved it. I could talk all day long to you. I freaking love you. I appreciate you coming out. This has been a ton of fun. So thank you everybody for tuning in. That was awesome episode. Much love until next time. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Um, as always, it was a blast for me. I hope you got something out of this. If you got something out of this video of value, share this with a friend and please go show your love We're on all streaming platforms, including YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. Any ratings, comments, likes, shares, they go a very long way, and they make it so I can keep doing these things for you, and I would appreciate it greatly. So please go share with a friend.
2: Until next time. Planning for your next trip?